You're listening to Frontfoot, a podcast brought to you by The Core. My name is Joshua Thomas, a producer with The Core. Today's episode is part 3 and the final part of this series dealing with the 2011 ICC Cricket World Cup. Sports writer Ayaz Mehman and myself discuss the India versus Sri Lanka final, one of the most historically significant matches for the nation. Today I'm very excited because we are going to talk about the 2011 Cricket World Cup final India versus Sri Lanka which took place at Vankhede Stadium in Mumbai and I remember I was there after we won in a car with friends shouting to glory after how do we want just on the streets just just we were just one of millions Joshua yeah screaming mindlessly okay now before we do talk about the match Can you tell me a little about the Sri Lankan squad? What was India up against and like who were the players on the Sri Lankan team that we have to contend with? I mean the fact that they were in the final showed that they were a fine squad, you know, Sri Lanka. These are not names that roll out easily on your tongue, the Sri Lankan names uh, like in the, the Pakistanis do because they are yeah, I mean, you know, for some strange reason they've never been acknowledged as big stars the Sri Lankans in the world of cricket. Though they had won the World Cup in 1996 and were in the final year. But This was a very fine team and I'll spell out some of the names who were a serious threat to India going into this match. There was Upal Tharanga, the opener, Tilak Ratne, Dilshan, both of them fantastic players. Then even better players, Kumar Sangakara who was the captain at that point in time, Mahila Jayavardhane who as you know the match as we talk about it played perhaps one of the great innings of the World Cup making a century. Tilan Sambaravira who was highly underrated but a fantastic batsman in the middle order. and then the, you know the all-rounders kapu gedra the one kulase gram singh these are not names these are not household names but they were very good tisara parera and then the bowlers i think of two of whom were world beaters lasit malinga the fast bowler played a lot of years many years subsequently in the ipl and everybody got familiar with him even further and then there was mutaya murlitharan who we all know was a magician you know he finished test cricket with the highest number of wickets by any bowler ever and you know again a great match winner so this was a lineup that india were facing and it wasn't easy because remember this match was in the subcontinent these are pitches on which as much as india were familiar with the conditions so were the sri lankans and also let's not forget that in 1996 india were crashed by sri lanka in the semi final at the indian gardens so i'm sure that a lot of people were still even in the indian team were still smarting from that we certainly it brought back very unpleasant memories for somebody like sachin tendulkar who had played that semi final and india had lost so i'm sure that if anybody had to go up to sachin and say oh we are playing sri lanka it would be easy he would have given them a quick reminder that don't underestimate this team okay so let's talk about the sri lankans in so sri lanka won the toss and they elected a bad serve Now you mentioned that they scored 274 runs which is actually quite a high like that's something quite high to chase in this and so was there something up with the bowling lineup there how did they manage to really smash through our bowling in that first inning they struggled initially Zaid Khan gave India an early breakthrough getting Taranga and you know then Tilakratne Diljan who could accelerate at will he got dismissed for 33 so they were in a bit of a bother at 60 and then they had this partnership between Sangakara and Jayawardhane you know these two were two best batsmen of the team so that kind of steadied the ship 
But what really gave them this very good score? I wouldn't say it was a intimidating score, but it was a very good total to defend when you got bowlers like Malinga and Murli Taran, 274. But that came about because of Jayawardhan. And I don't know if you watched him bat. I was there at the game. Jayawardhan was a touch player, a stylist. And the longer he batted, the better he got, you know, and you enjoyed it even more. He's got such great aesthetic qualities in his batting that you can't for a moment take your eyes off him when he's in full flow. And that is the kind of innings that Jayawardhane played that day, 103. Some of these World Cup tournaments have been defined by centuries made by one of the leading batsmen. We've talked about punting in the 2003 World Cup final. And then there's, you know, Clive Lloyd in 1975 and Viv Richards in 1979. Couple Dave, of course, we've spoken about in 1983 and so on. This innings was of that caliber and which is saying a lot. 2007, there was Adam Gilchrist who opened the innings for Australia and literally, you know, won the match for them of his own bat. So, Jai Varzane, 103 not out, a masterly knock. You know, and made at a very quick rate also. He just took 88 deliveries. That kind of boosted Sri Lanka's score. At one point, it seemed that when the 5th wicket fell and then the 6th wicket fell under 250, it seemed like they might not get 270 or 265, 270. But with Jayawardhane and Pereira hitting some big blows towards the end, they got 274 for 6. And at that point in time, I think Sri Lankans, while not cocky about what they've achieved, would have been fairly happy because what they would have seen is some help for the bowlers in this pitch. You know, Zahid Khan had bowled well though towards the end, even he got flogged by Jayawardhane. So to Shri Shant. But there was some help for Yuvraj Singh, Harbhajan Singh, even Munaf Patel, who bowled very steadily, had got some help from the pitch. So 274 was defendable, certainly. And that was one major hurdle that they crossed because if Sri Lanka had got bowled out for 240, 250, or less than that, 250 or below, then India would have had it very easy. Here there was a challenge ahead for it. Okay, so now talking about India's innings, we had the dream team of Sachin and Seva. But they kind of fell short during the innings. Like, they got out pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a fantastic opening pair when Sehwag and Sachin Tendulkar. But both got out very cheaply. Sehwag got a blob. And then Sachin didn't get too many. And everybody knew this was Sachin's last World Cup match. So, the 1KD Stadium, his home ground was chock-a-block, of course. But also, sentimentally, so much behind him. And vociferously. But he got 18. I think it was a terrific opening spell bowled by Lasit Malinga. He picked up both these wickets. And it left India wobbly because, you know, you lose two batsmen of the caliber of Sehwag and Tendulkar, then you are obviously, you have hard work ahead. The first task for India or the Indian batting after Sehwag and Tendulkar were dismissed was to kind of steady the innings, get it back on an even keel. You can start, you know, if you don't lose more wickets, then you can pace the innings and pick up the run rate. But if you lose more wickets, then, you know, you fall into a hole, you're into a deep crisis from which it might be impossible to achieve. So the first task was to steady the innings. And that's where Gautam Gambhir and Virat Kohli played a big hand. You know, Gautam Gambhir made 97, the highest runs for India in the match. And not many people, frankly, he should still get far more accolades than he's got for that knock of his. Virat Kohli, a newbie in the Indian cricket scene, his first major tournament, 35 runs, not too many in terms of number of runs, but very valuable for the manner in which he batted and the strong game sense that he showed, match awareness and the nerves, the calm nerves. So these two guys took the score from 31 to 114 and that, you know, made India breathe a little easily. But then Kohli fell. So who walks out? 
to bat. Now, this was, I think, in many ways, unexpected move by Dhoni, but it also turned out to be a masterstroke. That instead of sending Yuvraj Singh, whose batting order was number five, he came out to bat himself. And I think he did this primarily because at that point in time, Lasit Malinga would come back for the death overs, but the middle over, the big threat was from Murli Taran, who was bowling really well. And if you look at the figures that Murli Taran has in that match, he got eight overs for 39 runs, which showed that he was very steady. The threat from Murli was for the left-hand batsman, but Gautam Gambhir was already well set. So, if you send out Yuvraj Singh, expose Yuvraj Singh, who was also a left-hander, there was a danger that if one wicket falls, then Sri Lanka come back strongly into the game. So, Dhoni walked out and as a right-hander, he thought he would be more useful or more comfortable playing an off-spinner, which is exactly what happened. And not just he played him comfortably, he just grew in authority as the partnership between him and Gautam Gambhir. They put on 109 runs, you know, and that turned out to be the match-winning partnership. Gautam Gambhir, unfortunately, not getting a century, getting out for 97. But by that time, India were rather close, you know, or on the path to victory. 42nd over when Gautam Gambhir got out. So, just a little over 8 overs remaining and still about 50 runs to get. Not a cakewalk, but Dhoni was still there. Gambhir had done his job. Unfortunately, couldn't get his century. But Dhoni was, you know, now at the top of his game and actually more or less dictating terms. And then he was joined by Yuvraj Singh, who had, through the tournament, battled extremely well. And Yuvraj Singh, as we know, in white ball cricket was a thunderous player. But here, he had to play the understudy to Dhoni, who had already kind of settled in and was setting the pace, as it were. And then, of course, as we know, one of the most iconic shots in World Cup history is Dhoni, you know, hitting Nuan Kulasekara for a six over deep mid-on. Hitting the ball into the stands and completing the match. Finishing with 91 not out, Yuvraj Singh 21. But the manner in which he marshaled the victory charge, as it were, MS Dhoni. It was one of the most absorbing matches that I've seen. Not just because India won, but the individual performances and then, of course, the tactical ploys made by Dhoni. Obviously, Sri Lanka also contributing to the aura of this match with Mahila Jayavadhani's century and then Lasit Malinga's bowling and so on. But at the end of the day, a fantastic win for India. And of course, the celebrations that followed, you were part of it. The rejoicing that one saw at the Vankadi Stadium with Sachin Tendulkar, obviously, given the most fond farewell that I can think of. And remember, Virat Kohli hoisting him on his shoulders amongst other players and speaking to the camera and saying, you know, this man has done so much for Indian cricket that we had to do it for him. I thought that was a very special moment for Sachin Tendulkar himself as well as for Indian cricket. Next week, the squad of this year's 2023 ICC Cricket World Cup. This was the Front Foot Podcast with Ayaz Mehman. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend and we'll be back next week.